Mark chapter 4. While you're turning there, Gospel of Mark chapter 4. By the way, we are continuing to, to focus in on, on the, the, the different events in this most sequential of Gospels, the Gospel of Mark. It's the shortest Gospel, only 16 chapters. But it is the most sequential. It happened in the order in which it's recorded. Um, uh, it includes certain things. It includes certain things. Thank you, Joni. Um, uh, it includes certain things that uh, maybe other Gospels do not. And uh, it's all an accurate record, but, but each Gospel writer, the Holy Spirit, inspired to bring different things and different viewpoints, and we're, we're looking at this. And, and I love the Gospel of Mark. You can read the Gospel of Mark in about 45 minutes. As I mentioned, it's one of the shortest, and you can just take it, and I encourage you. In fact, if you have a Bible that does not include the chapters and verses, those were put in later. The, the Gospel writers did not put those in there. But if you, have a, if you have a copy of a Bible without those chapters and verses, um, it's, it's even more enjoyable just to read through that without the, without the little breaks, just to go through and see it as the narrative that it is, and it's, it's pretty powerful. I love God's Word. I love how it has changed me and transformed my life um, and, and how it really makes, has made such a tremendous difference in so many people's lives. And uh, I've certainly seen that and you've experienced that as well. I love God's Word. Mark chapter 4, um, Jesus, this masterful teacher, was telling a story. We, we call it a parable. A parable is a great story that reveals a greater principle. That's what a parable is. It's a, it's a great story, a fascinating story, a, a simple, often a very simple story that was understandable to those who would hear it, but, but Jesus used that very simple story to bring in a kingdom truth that, that people would understand something more about God, their relationship with God, His love for us. You know, just one example of that would be the parable, it's in a different place, the parable of the prodigal son. You, you get, a, you get a, a grip on that story and you understand just how much God loves us or you get a greater understanding of how God loves us. That's the purpose of a parable. Jesus is telling one of those parables here in, in chapter 4. And so here it is again, beginning with verse 1, it reads this way. Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and he sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. <laughs> some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times." Lord, I thank you for the power of your word that even as we have read it publicly and, and you call us for a public reading of Scripture, even as we have read it, Lord, your word has ministered to us. Even in reading this story again that is now almost 2,000 years old, Lord, just reading your words again feeds us. And I pray, Lord, that as we go deeper into this and we look into this terrible even further, I ask that you would challenge us and that you would stir some things up in us. I pray, Lord, that as I've prayed many times before, that we will be different people leaving this place than how we came. That your word, having come into the soil of our hearts and our minds, would bear fruit, and, 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 and that it would, some of that would even begin here in these moments. And I pray this. We pray it together in Jesus' name. Amen. We call this, we call this the parable of the soil, or sometimes the parable of the sower. 
at its most basic, the, uh, the sower is God, the seed is God's Word, and the soil, the soil represents people and how people respond to the seed. So again, at its most basic, those three elements, the, the sower is God and he, and he has this incredible, magnificent, incomparable seed, the Word of God. God takes it and he, and he scatters it and it lands in different places. And those different kinds of soil is how we respond to God and His Word. One sower, one kind of seed, four different kinds of soil. Last week, we looked at that first soil. It was that, uh, it was that, that, that path. Remember, we didn't have a path up here. We just had a little thing of soil. It, 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 that, that soil, it was, it was kind of hard packed and, 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 and things would not penetrate it. The seed could not penetrate it. It's hard packed. So resistant that, that really, even though the seed landed on it, it was never really planted. Jesus said in that kind of soil, that, that the, the birds would then come and quickly snatch it away and carry it away. It, res, it represents, that first kind of soil represents a person whose heart has been hardened for one reason or another, has been hardened and is resistant to, to what God desires to do in them. It, 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 don't, you don't blame the sower and you don't blame the seed but it's the soil, it's the hardness of the soil that nothing could penetrate it. And then Satan comes, Jesus said later, Satan comes and he steals it away. Um, I, I shared that last week and many of you were here and if you, didn't, if, if you weren't here and you want to listen to it, it's on the website, we can get you a copy of it, but it's on the website, you can listen to it. And I encourage you to do so because there's a bit of a sequence here, but let me just very quickly address something again last week. We talked about hard-heartedness and how, how the magnificence of the Word, it doesn't matter how powerful it is, it does matter how powerful it is, but, but regardless of how powerful it is, if it doesn't penetrate our hearts, if it doesn't get into us deeply, then, then really nothing is going to come of it. And we asked some pretty hard questions regarding hard-heartedness. How, what's the condition of your heart? I'm going to ask it again. What's the condition of your heart? If God wants to speak to you, can you hear it? When He speaks, when He moves, when the Holy Spirit ministers, when, when, when you're, you're reading through the Bible or you're hearing the Bible or you're listening to a verse, does it just land there and quickly snatched away or does it, does it affect us so deeply that all of a sudden we take that power of that word and, and something comes out of it. I often pray this. Many of you have prayed it as well. Lord, guard my heart. Guard my heart. Don't let me be, through, through whatever, for whatever reason, don't ever let me become hard-hearted so that when you want to speak, I can't listen. <laughs> A lot of years ago, I'm probably 30 years ago, actually about that time, about 30 years ago, a little bit more than that, I began in the ministry, and I, I heard this. It's not original with me. I, I'm not that smart, but I heard it, and I, I've used it a number of times, and I've prayed this probably 10,000 times. I don't know. God, only God knows the number. But I've, I've, I've prayed this thousands of times. Lord, give me thick skin and a soft heart. <laughs> now just think about that for a moment. Lord, give me thick skin and a soft heart. Because if we have thick skin, things aren't going to bother us so much. But if we keep a soft heart, we're going to be responsive to both the needs of people and you speaking to us. You see, sometimes we get thin-skinned and we get hard-hearted. That's not good. In fact, there's a correlation sometime between the two. And, and, and some pe sometimes people with thin skin and hard hearts need to pray, God, give me thick skin and a soft heart. And so if that resonates in you, go ahead and pray it. It's not original with me, it's not original with you, but you can, and, and God will hear it, and, he, and, 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 and I promise you, He will help you. God, give us soft hearts, <laughs> supple hearts, so that when you want to speak to us, we're, we, we hear it and we respond, that you can still plant something in me. And regardless of whether I've been serving Jesus for three months or 30 years, 
or 50 years or three days or whatever, someplace in between. Oh God, may I be so receptive to you that you speak to me. And I, and I hear you. Well, that's the first soil. There, there's, there's, a second, there's a second kind of soil. And verses 5 and 6, again, we just read it a moment ago. Here it is again. It reads, some fell on rocky places, Jesus said. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they, because they had no root. The second soil that Jesus talked about is, of course, different from the first. This soil is, this soil is, is not so hard. This soil is not so hard. If you, if you take a piece of seed, I have a kernel of corn here, it, it, it doesn't bounce off, go someplace else. It's, it's not so resistant. It's not so hard. It's different. Jesus said this seed was planted. It was planted. It, it actually, it, it wasn't, birds didn't come and snatch it away. It, it actually went and it penetrated the ground. And, and, and seeds being what they are, the nature of seeds is, of course, it sprouts and it begins this small little plant and it, and it begins to shoot up. It says that it was planted, it sprouted, and a plant came up. In fact, Jesus said it came up rather quickly. By all appearances, this plant, I don't have a plant in here because we're talking about soil conditions, but by all appearances, the, uh, the plant was healthy. By all appearances, it had great potential, right? If you see something come up out of the ground and it's green and it's not brown and you know you planted something there, well, that's a good thing. So by all appearances, there's tremendous potential but Jesus went on to say that the soil, was, the soil was actually quite shallow. Shallow because just below the surface, there were some rocks. You can maybe see them here. There were, there were some rocks just, just below the surface. And, 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 it, and when, the, when the plant, as it began to grow, it, it crowded out. The roots crowded out some of the good soil. There, there wasn't as much good soil as there should have been. Because of this, the plant could not grow as intended. Because there were rocks there, the root structure was limited. It never went deep. It, it, it spread out and maybe curled around some of the rocks, but it did not go deep. So later, Jesus said, Later, Jesus said, when the plant, as it grew, as it was exposed to the heat, as it was exposed to the environment, it couldn't endure that harsh environment. Jesus said, because, not because of the soil so much, and not because of the hardness of the soil, but because of the rocks just below the surface, because of this, when the plant grew, he said, he said it was scorched. He, he said it, 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 it withered. Nothing of value came of it. And what you have here at the end of this brief part of the story, you have a premature end to a very promising plant. Uh, kind of sad, isn't it? As far as plants go. Premature end to a promising plant. Well, remember, Jesus is speaking to this crowd He's in a boat as he's telling this story. They're, they're gathered on the seashore and they're listening to him and he's telling this story. But you have to understand, um, Jesus, Jesus knew these people and these people understood a number of things. They knew about plants. They understood plants. They understood, they would have known the problems of shallow soil. 
But you understand that Jesus was not teaching that day about the essentials of agriculture. This, is, this was not, you know, seed planting 101. He, he wasn't so much concerned about what was happening in their gardens or even in their fields. He, he wanted to explain a deeper meaning. That's, that's why he was telling the story. And that's what he did in verses 16 and 17. Because later on, he comes back and he, and he explains what each part of those soils means. And he said this, verses 16 and 17, others, or other people, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive the word with joy. But since they have no root, look at that word, since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes let me let me rephrase that when trouble or persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away now again jesus is talking more about people than he's talking about plants or soil jesus is talking about a different kind of person than he did with that first soil they're not so hard-hearted or resistant. It says they willingly received the seed of the Word, and they did so with joy. It would be like this. Wow, I've never heard anything like this. This is powerful. This is life-transforming. I need, I believe that this is the Word of God. I believe that God is speaking to me. I believe this is for me, and I receive it, and this is a good thing. They, they do so with joy. But because there are some unseen things, because there are unseen things that crowd out good things, they don't develop as God intended. Let me say that again. Because there are unseen things that crowd out the good things, right? The soil, the, the unseen things, the, the rocks beneath the soil crowded out the soil. Because of that, they don't develop as God intended. In other words, they don't grow in their faith in the unseen places. They don't grow in their faith in the unseen places. Unseen places. Um, you know, roots are almost always in unseen places. Roots are almost always in unseen places. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, driving by fields, particularly later on in the summer and into the fall when we get closer to harvest, or sometimes mid-year if it's, if it's wheat and so forth. You understand uh, things come uh, to maturation uh, to harvest at different times. But I love going through a, by a field that is, that is close to harvest, and you look over and you see, you know, I think, I, personally, I think one of the most dramatic, of course, are cornfields. You know, it's, it's high, and you can see the you can see, of course, the tassels, and you can see the later on in the season, you can see those, those cobs of corn hanging, and it's really a beautiful sight, and, and, and I enjoy looking at them. And, or or, or a, a bean field, not quite as impressive visually, but sunflowers. Sunflowers are fun to drive by, and you see all of these heads of sunflowers, the, the flower themselves with all the heavy with seed, and they're all facing in the same direction. It's just really neat to see that. I don't think I've ever driven by a field and go, boy, those are some good-looking roots. Anyone ever done that? I have never driven by a field and go, look at those roots. Why? Because you can't see roots. In fact, if you do see roots, you know you got a problem, right? But you never... I don't think I've ever, and, and maybe those who are in agriculture, I don't know that you've ever just said, well, look, look at those roots, and yet roots are pretty important. Roots don't get, I think, the credit that they deserve because what is unseen is seldom as impressive as what is seen. Roots, the things below the surface, are seldom as impressive as what's above the surface. Here's the thing. You won't have one without the other. You're not going to have anything up here if you don't first have something down here. That's pretty basic, isn't it? Jesus' message is rather clear. Jesus is saying through this small portion of this one parable in Mark chapter 4, 
Jesus is saying to them, if you want to see my Father, Jesus said, if you want to see my Father, if you want to see God do amazing things in your life and through your life and with your life, then you need to go deep in places that others will seldom see. If you want to go deep in Christ so that your life makes a difference, if you want to see God do something with you that you never thought was possible, if you desire to be incredibly used of God to the immediate world around you and maybe the greater world uh, beyond that, then, then there must be a concentration on what is below the surface, not just what is above the surface. This is the, this is the message that Jesus is, is giving very, very clearly. You need to go deep in places that others will seldom see. You cannot ignore, Jesus is saying, you cannot ignore the important, though unseen, places. And so a question that I have for every person here today, regardless of how long you've been serving Jesus, or even if you're yet serving Jesus, is how are things in the unseen places? Places that most people will never observe. Now, again, often when we read this parable, we think of it only in regards to uh, new believers or people who are about to be followers of Jesus Christ. And we, we say, well, you know, it's planted, and some people, you know, they, they receive it, they, they're new believers, and, they, and, and, and we look at it only in that context. And that's certainly true. Um, but it also relates to those who've been following Jesus for some time. Let me first address those who are new in the faith or those who, uh, who have yet to come to Christ. There, there, are, there are four main things in, in my experience, I see this through the Word, but I also, in my own experience and in, in a lot of experience with a lot of, a lot of people, if you want to go deep in Jesus, if you want to develop something below the surface and in time see something above the surface, there are four things that you must do to go deep. Because really, and let me just back up for a moment here. One of my prayers for our church is, and for the people of our church, when I say our church, I mean the people. One of my prayers for every person in our church is that you go deeper this year than you've ever gone before. We're still early in 2017. It's only the third week. and it, uh, third, third Sunday, I should say. Um, uh, and, and, and it is my desire that we go deeper, that you go deeper than you've ever gone before. If you, so if, you've, if you're just new in the faith or if you've been serving Him for a long time, it is it, th- that you go deeper this year than you've ever gone before. There are four things. There are four th- main things that you must do. There are four main things that are non-negotiables. There, there, there are four things that if you want to go deeper in Jesus, you must do these things and not omit one. Number one, Every day, time in God's Word. Every day, time in God's Word. I started this message by saying that I love God's Word and how it speaks to us. I could have said the same thing 30 years ago. I could have said the same thing 40 years ago. When I gave my heart to Christ as a, as a, as a little boy, later on when I became very serious about serving Jesus when I was in my late teen years, um, I, I, I began to really, uh, on, on both occasions, though there was a span in between that I did not, um, I, I really began to get into the Word and I, and I saw what it did to me. But now, a lot of years later, I still say the same thing. I love how God's Word speaks to us and how it changes us. But it can only do so if we are in His Word every day. If we are allowing His Word, this is what the seed is talking about, so that His Word can get into us. If you want to go deeper in Jesus, then, then, then I encourage you this morning and I implore with you, make this a daily part of your life, this book. And I promise you it will change you. Personally, I've found that if it doesn't happen early in the morning, this is what works for my schedule, if it doesn't happen early in the morning, it just doesn't happen. Things come along, a lot of distractions, there's a lot of obligations and and so much to do, and by the end of the day, you're just spent. Maybe you're a different person. You're a night person, and, 
and that's the best time for you. I, I, really, I, there, there's no rule, but let me tell you something. You, you want God to speak to you? He's going to do so more than in any other way through this book. Now, I believe in the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit, and I, and I know that He speaks to us in that way. I've received it many times, but more than any other way, He's going to speak to you through this Word. And God can speak to you every day. I have found that as we're diligent in the Word, that there's rarely a day that goes by that in my daily reading of Scripture, He doesn't speak to me somehow, some way. Sometimes it's a little bit harder than others because of the, the particular reading that I'm doing that day, but, but I, every day God speaks to us, and I encourage you, you. You want to go deep? You want to get some roots that go down deep so that nothing can move you? I'll tell you what, make this a daily part of your life. Second thing is everyday time in prayer. God's Word speaks to us. He speaks to us through His Word. And we, we talk to Him through, through prayer. And He also speaks to us through prayer. It's, it's, a, it's a conversation, but I encourage you, begin praying. Make that a daily part of your life. And by praying, I don't mean just, and I want you to imagine kind of a, a series of concentric circles here. It's not just me. That, I, I know sometimes we, you know, we pray, oh God, touch my body or give me strength and and those are, those are things that we should pray for, but we need to get beyond ourselves in our prayers. And we need to pray for those who are around us. We need to pray. If you're married, you need to pray for your spouse. You need to pray for your children, your grandchildren. It doesn't matter how old they are. You need to pray for them. Some of you have children within the womb, and you need to be praying for that child even right now. And, and, and pray for that. But, but, but sometimes we don't get beyond that. And in our, in our prayers, I, I, I want to encourage, some of you have, been, have made prayer a real, but you, you don't get beyond those first couple of circles, but I want you to move beyond that. And I want you to start interceding for others. People that God has brought across your path. People that, that some need has, has come to your awareness and you need to pray for that. And, and, and to pray for our missionaries and to pray for the ministries that are happening and, and to pray for, pray for our city and our, and our state government and our, and our national government and, and to pray for international things and to pray for lost people's group and, and, and to pray for, for, there are so many things, but God help me to make prayer an important part of my, but let me, let me tell you something. If you pray, you're going you're gonna to put down some roots and God, you're going to become so intimate with God. Some of you are uncomfortable with that term, but I'm going to say it again. You become so intimate with God that nothing is going to move you. Jesus says we, we, need, we need some roots. So the third thing that we need is every week time with God's people. Every week times with God's people. Now I know that I'm speaking to a bunch of people who this morning who you've, you've, you've made it in your schedule and, and, and you're here. And, and, and it's more than just here on Sunday morning from 9.30 until roughly noon, somewhere in there. But let me tell you something, one of the most powerful things that you will ever do in your growth and in your deepening in your relationship with Jesus Christ is spend time with God's people. Because we, we as the Bible says, we sharpen each other as iron sharpens other. As, as iron sharpens iron. And we are closer to Jesus. I am closer to Jesus because of some of you. Friday afternoon, I received word that a, 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 a mentor, really, of my life, uh, an early mentor in my life, passed away. His name was uh, Cliff, and he passed away on Friday. Uh, he was almost 100 years old. <laughs> The first time I met him, he was really old. He was like 50, 50 years old at that time. <laughs> I mean, he was ancient. <laughs> I thought he was going to kick over any minute, you know, <laughs> at that age, at that advanced age when you're <laughs> six years old. That's kind of what it looks like. And, and he was, so he, but, but I'll tell you, that man, well, he became my Sunday school teacher, and he, 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 we didn't have a, a Wednesday night boys ministry like, like Royal Rangers then, but he would gather the boys, and he would take us out on Saturdays hiking in the Black Hills. And I remember one time he led us up Harney Peak, and, and, and I remember one time he kind of held my hand and kind of pulled me up Harney Peak a little bit. And, and, and then if we were in Sunday school, if we were in Sunday school, um, like every, every week for like two months or something like that, he would take us to Shakey's Pizza. We had one pizza place in town, and we never got to go there because it cost money, but he would take us to Pizza Hut, to, to Shakey's Pizza. And I, I, mean, I was so excited. And he taught us about Jesus. And he lived Jesus. And he showed Jesus. 
he, was, uh, he had two jobs. He delivered milk in the morning, during the day, he was a milkman, and then at night, he would go and clean at Bell Telephone. He was a custodian, very simple man. But he loved Jesus, passionate for Jesus, and he changed my life. One of the reasons why I'm serving Jesus today is because of that man named Cliff, who's now in heaven, and I have now one more reason to look forward to heaven. But why am I serving Jesus? Because there were people, godly people in my life. And if we were to go along and to ask some of you, who are the people that changed your life? You would point to some people, and because you are in, and, and sometimes we're changed by some writer who died a long time ago, and we read their stuff, and it changes us. But more often than not, it's a person in our lives who loves Jesus, and they show us what it means to follow Jesus. But you won't know that if you're not in connection with them. Sometimes we go, well, I just don't like to be around people. Well, then you're going to limit your growth and, and you're not going to go as deep as, as, as God intended. And one of the ways that God deepens our roots is through each other. That's why we have a lot of things that are happening around here to put people with each other so that our lives can be different. And that doesn't matter if you've been serving Jesus for just a short time or for a long time. We need each other. The fourth thing that I want to say that we must do if we're going to go deep in the Lord, and that is every moment, not, not every week, every moment lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a once a week thing like, oh Lord, here it is, Sunday morning, lead me. It's not, here it is, five o'clock in the morning, lead me. No, it's, oh Lord Jesus, every moment I need you, lead me by your Holy Spirit. There are times, there again, I don't know how many, tens of thousands of times, every day, a number of times each day, I just, in, quietly in my mind, I'm talking to someone, I'm dealing with some situation, or I'm encountering something, and I, uh, just under my breath, I say, help me, Lord Jesus, and His Holy Spirit does every time. That we need to be so dependent on Him that we don't rely upon ourselves, that we don't rely upon our own experience, that we don't rely upon our learning, and I'm not putting anything down about our experience or our learning, but oh, Lord Jesus, I need to be sensitive to You. Lead me by Your Holy Spirit. So many times I'm encountering something and just below my breath I'm praying in the Spirit. And I'm saying, oh Lord, help me. I don't know what to do, but I know that you do. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what's over the horizon, but you're already there. Please show me what to do. And He leads us. You want to go deep in Him? You want to go deeper in the Lord? These things are, these things are non-negotiables. These are these are huge things. But let me tell you, there are going to be some rocks. Let me, there's a good one right there. There are going to be some rocks in your soil that you start going deep and all of a sudden you're going to hit that. There are going to be some things you're going to try and crowd out those things that you see on the screen. There's going to be a full schedule. Don't raise your hands, but come on. How many of you really only work a 40-hour week? Come on. That would, to some of you, that would be like a vacation. 40 hours? Some of you put in 50, 60, 80, 100 hours a week. And I'll tell you what, a full schedule can crowd out that time with God. Now, it, it, it doesn't mean if you have a full schedule, but you just have, you just have to say, oh God, I'm not going to let anything crowd that out. How about communicating with others? You know, I've, I've got a cell phone. I always leave it in my, my office when I'm... Uh, when I'm up here, so I don't have it with me. It's not a distraction, but, but, but I tell you what, I love my cell phone. It is so nice, and, and it's so easy to pick it up and call somebody around the world if necessary, and it's great, but I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I don't like my phone at the same time <laughs> because there's so many people that want to communicate, and that's fine. It's often very important, but a lot of communication going back, and there's text messages, and there's emails, and all comes through my phone. Somebody calls me, and I'm going, ah, here we go again. And I answer, and I'll tell you what, there are certain things my communication with others can suck up and crowd out. Uh, it's good, it's necessary at times, but my communication with others can crowd out my communication with God. It is, it can. 
Tell you what, that phone's going to be much more insistent than the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying, I want time with you, come and pray with me. It can crowd it out. So I, I know many of you know this. I mentioned that third thing there, time with God's people on a regular basis. Hopefully many times a week. I, but you know, there, there are some people who, there are some people that I can interact with and there are some people that I can hang around and they will pull me down. Spiritually, they will, they will uproot me. Spiritually, they will, they will drain me dry. And then there are other people that, that I'm with them and all of a sudden I just feel my roots being nourished and strengthened and lengthened and deepened. But, but the, some people will crowd that out. There will be some people that will just suck the life out of you, spiritually speaking. And they can crowd it out. And they're rocks. They're rocks. Let's call it what it is. And, and, I, and I can't be around them. But there are some people that just strengthen me and help me. Friday night, we, uh, we went out with a group of people here in the church. We were, had dinner together. We had just a wonderful time. And afterwards, I told Joni, I said, we got back in my pickup, and I just said, oh, it is so, that was so refreshing. Now, did, did we talk about, you know, like deep scripture, theology? No, we, we talked about some of the people there were, were emergency responders, and we talked about some, and it was, it was interesting, but it wasn't. But, but it, was, it was refreshing being with brothers and sisters in Christ. I left there and I just, I told Jonah, I said, it's, we are so blessed. And I just feel so good just to be in fellowship with people. We grow and we deepen. That fourth one, there are things that can crowd us out. I mentioned earlier that our, our need to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit, that will deepen us. But when we rely upon our own experience or we rely upon others or we rely upon someone else's advice, I I, I, I'm grateful for people who have been through certain things, but, but, but if I'm going through something before I go to you and ask you what you did, I need to go to him and ask him what I should do. And so often we say, well, I have to call up mom or dad or my brother or my sister or my best friend. I need to call up that person. I need to call that counselor. I need to call that teacher. I need to go find that self-help book. I need to go get this book. It may be a good book. But before we do that, we need to say, oh Lord, what would you have me do? Don't let the good advice of others crowd out the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you're new in Christ, if you want to see Him do amazing things in you and through you and with you, those things are essential. And here's the thing, few people will ever see you do them. Really, that, see, that's the thing. Those four things that I mentioned, few people will ever see that happen. They will probably not see you at 5, 6, 7, whatever time o'clock in the morning, or 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, or during your lunch break. or one. They probably won't see you do that. They probably won't see you intercede in a place of prayer. They may never hear you pray it. They may never never see those intimate times with God. They may not know the close connection that you have with other believers and, and how that has nourished you. They will not see the times, the occasions in which just under your breath you say, Oh Lord Jesus, lead me and guide me. They probably will not see those things. Remember, it's those unseen places is where we grow. And the things that are later seen in our lives are there because of the unseen places below the surface. No one looks at roots. No one drives by a field and says, great roots. And few people will bypass your life and say, wow, what amazing times they've had alone with God. What they will see is they will see the fruit. What they will see is the the produce, the, the wonderful things that God is doing through you, but first what He did in you. I promise you. I promise you if you've been serving Jesus for a long time or just starting out, 
If you keep doing those things, you will become deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. And then when hard times come, you will not be scorched. You will not wither. When those hard times come, you will not say, I am so dry, I just feel nothing. Because your roots will be deep. Your roots will be solid. They will be there. And where other people can see it, you will produce fruit that makes a difference in the world around you. Fruit that will last forever. These things, these things are things that, that I, I still need to do, and I've been serving him a long time, and so have many of you. I need him, and I need my roots to go deeper. I want you to notice, please, also that Jesus said, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. You see that? Last half of the verse, when uh, back up, yeah, right there. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Notice that. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word. It doesn't say if trouble or persecution comes, but when. When. In the event that you were not already aware this world is a harsh environment for followers of Jesus Christ. Again, if you are not already aware, this world can be a very harsh environment for followers of Jesus Christ. Because the Word has been sown in your life, you are going to get a whole new set of persecution. One of my favorite quotes is uh, one of my favorite, you know, and sometimes things come to us because we do stupid things, right? Uh, that, that's different than persecution because of the word. One of my favorite quotes is by, it's attributed to, to John Wayne, and he said, said life, is, life is hard, it's a lot harder if you're stupid. It's <laughs> a great line. And there, there are some people, uh, we're all going to face challenges, but if we do stupid things, it's going to be even more challenging. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the, the hard times that come because we do stupid things. I'm talking about because if we're in Jesus Christ and if His Word is in us and we're growing and we're producing, then when, when that production is exposed to the world, the world isn't going to like it. In fact, I'm going to take it a step further. If you are in this world and you are not facing some degree of persecution... If you are in this, even in our country, if you are doing things that everybody says, you're just fine, no problem, you're getting no pushback from either the world or from Satan himself, then you probably are not doing very much. That's a strong statement. If you are not facing some kind of spiritual or external or environmental pushback, then I question if we're actually producing something. Because when you start being used of God and you start producing fruit that is world-changing, a lot of this world is not going to like it. And they're going to come against you. And we are coming into a time in our country and in our nation, regardless of who is or is not elected, we are coming into a time when there's going to be even greater pushback, greater persecution, more trouble, not because we're stupid, but because we are people of the Word. And when we make biblical stands, when we make biblical choices, when our values are adjusted, not because of the shifting values of our society, but when our values are based upon God's Word and upon His promises, then this world is not going to like it. But when it comes, and it will come, if our roots are deep, we will not, we will not be scorched. If and when it comes, not, 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 not if, when it comes, we will not wither. But when that persecution comes, and your roots are not deep, and you've not done some of these basic things in places that no one else sees, then all of a sudden in the, 
in the harsh environment of this world. In the harsh environment of anti-Christian, anti-Christ sentiment. You will be scorched and you will wither and you will back away and you will dry up and you will never produce what God desires you to do. And yet, again, if our roots are deep, it's going to be amazing to see what God is going to do. It's going to be amazing to see. In fact, it has been amazing to see how God has used so many of you in so many ways as you have been used of God, as you have trusted Him. This morning, I want to to talk about one more verse. It's not here in Mark chapter 4. I want to finish with another verse in your Bible. It's... it's, it's written by, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by a man named Paul. It's in the book of Colossians. He was writing to a church in Colossae, inspired by the Spirit. Chapter 2 of Colossians, verse 7, reads this way. This is my prayer. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I want you to see the progression in that verse. You receive Christ Jesus as Lord. You you receive the seed. You you receive His his word in you and and it's it's taken and it's it's planted deep and, 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 and the stones are not there and it deepens. You're rooted and then you're built up. So often we want to be built up without being rooted, but this is the sequence. You're rooted and then built up, and you're strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and then you overflow with thankfulness. So do you see the progression? You're, you're planted, you receive it, you're rooted, you're built up. You, you grow in the faith, you, you, you develop in the faith as you were taught, and then you overflow with fruit. Oh God, What's the condition of my heart? What's the condition of your heart? Would you ask that? Lord, what is the condition of your heart? This soil that I am, am I receptive? Am I hearing from you? Am I, am I trusting you for the hidden places, the unseen places? I'd like you to do two things. First of all, just close your eyes, and I'd like you, I'd like you to pray with me. And... Uh, if, if you would agree to this, I'd, I'd like to lead you in a prayer, the kind of prayer where you would repeat after me, but only if you agree to do so. Only if you agree with what I'm leading you in. Because if you just parrot back the words, it really won't make any difference. But if you really believe this, I believe the Lord will do a work in your heart. I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer that he will deepen you. He will do a deep, deep work in you that will produce in time fruit. So if you would like to pray this with me, then I invite you to do so verbally, audibly, out loud. You don't have to shout it, but would you pray it This simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I receive your word into my heart. May it be planted deep within me. May it grow in the unseen places. May nothing stop its growth. May my life be changed in the hidden places. Would you please bring from this tremendous produce, something that will change me and the world around me. May my roots go deep 
May the plant grow high for your glory. Help me in the hidden places. Once again, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Jesus, as my brothers and sisters have prayed this prayer, in the soil of their heart and in the, the receptive place that, that you've worked in them, I, I pray, Lord, that even from this very simple prayer that we will see in months and if, if you do not yet return and if you give us life, that we will see tremendous produce from this. Lord, it's my prayer again as I prayed last week, that, that perhaps in months or years to come, we'll look back on this day and say, that was a day that I began to go deeper and grow higher, to, to, to touch in greater ways the world around me. Lord, I know that our life is soon done. I know that this life is, is so fleeting and only what we do for you will last. So Lord, may we take this part of this parable so seriously so that what we do with our lives matters. and makes an eternal difference, not only in us and in our families, but in the world around us. Thank you for the power of your word what it does in us as we receive it. Now, Lord, as we go our way from this place, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Would you stand with me? God bless you as you go in the power and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. As always, these altars are open. May you go in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning.